Welcome to the Men of Eight Gang podcast, episode 385. I'm Steve Borsch, and I'm on with Tim Elliott. And I'm hopped up here on caffeine. <laughs> Yay. So he's hopped that, up That's why I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I don't know, I'm very up today. Yep. He's good, wacky. good. And gig, giggling, giggling like a schoolgirl in the background is Phil Hello. Wilson. Hello. Right. <laughs> It'll be like the morning zoo. And I just have, I have to apologize in advance. I'm a little... Oh, hungover. <laughs> oh, you are Christmas party. <laughs> no, went to uh went to the Tower of Power at the Dakota last night. So, oh, uh, for you kids listening at home, the Tower of Power is a very nice, very kick-ass funk band from. Well, I, I, how many forever, original? So. How many original members are still in there? Two. Oh, okay. It's a ten-piece band, and there's two left. So, right, huh. but uh, and they just had their their lead singer just started with them in April, so. Uh, and was great. Was great. Got Did it. not do. You're still a young man, which I can't figure out why they didn't do it. Well, the the new singer hasn't learned it yet. Well, no, it's a, it was on their set list. They just, I guess, I, either the trumpet player wasn't feeling the high notes, or or they decided they didn't want to do it just to be hmm. mysterious. I don't know, but huh. but I had a great time. So, but I am I'll admit, I'm a bit tired. I must admit. Well, so obviously you haven't been to going to any tech events here in Minnesota. Right? Me? Yeah. Oh, no, I haven't gone to any. Of course, there, there aren't that many going on right now. Cause this no, they're time mostly, they're mostly, mostly parties. Holiday mostly mode. holiday parties. Yeah. yeah. Mostly yeah. holiday mode, right? Well, I was uh, interested to see this, that Sports Hub Technologies uh, just announced two acquisitions. So this, yep. the sports space is really, really uh, accelerating, isn't it? We've got a lot of sports startups here in, in town. Yeah. I kind of yeah. wonder why why that would be. Why wouldn't they be like in San Francisco or New York or somewhere where you have a big sports market? Well, yeah, I get we're, we're a pretty big sports market. Well, I know we've got a reasonable sports market. You know, mm-hmm. we've got all of the all the brands are you know. I think more more has to do with the, the the sort of the desire to get into the sports market and investing in it here and and you know we do have a fairly active technology scene so well one of the other vps that was at lawson with me david gagne um was a huge fantasy sports uh user and that's what of course sports hub does and i asked him one day i said how how much time do you spend he goes man I'm, i'm probably on it 20 or 25 hours a week i said what he goes well here's the thing it's the only thing my dad and I do together. And all my buddies from back home, he's from New Hampshire. All my buddies back home are, are on there. And so I'm always, we're always talking to each other and interacting and doing stuff. And, and it's like, you know, it's like we're hanging out in a bar. And I thought, okay, that makes a lot of sense as to why just, it would be really fun. Or you could just hang out in a bar. Well, not if you're in Minnesota and all your buddies are in New Hampshire. <laughs> doesn't work that's, very that, well that's a good point yeah, yeah that's a good yeah point. so it's uh who invented uh this whole genre because it, it seemed to have come out of nowhere and it, it is a very popular thing it is you know is I'm it not the sure. leagues did the leagues invent it to you know to get people more following baseball and following football you know oh. to be honest i don't know i i um seem to recall that it was um originally done for betting Oh. And and oh. then it you know obviously that's not legal so uh, others spun it off. Oh, it's and, legal in in certain places like Nevada. Well, yeah, yeah, but you're supposed to be in Nevada. You can, right? Technically, right. yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's a good way for the leagues though to to really uh, engage their super fans. Right. Right. Yes. Exactly. Well, speaking of sports, uh, and we uh, and we were, and CGC. we were. Did you see our uh, our Fred Greg Swan's been busy? And uh, he has. You know, well, I I did. I, yes, yes. Speaking, so, speaking, so this is the fad of the moment. The gospel, as, the gospel of Snapchat spectacles, right? Right. Right. So, so as Julio uh, points out early in the story, this is this is a fad, and I've got to say, these things look really odd. They do. Well, they, and, and for everyone no. listening, the story we're talking about is one of Julio Ojeda's apodist stories in, in the Pioneer Press, uh, TwinCities.com, about the wild are wild for new camera-equipped Snapchat spectacles. And it's it's an article all about, about how they're uh, um, embracing, you know, these camera-equipped glasses. And they do look just goofy as heck. But, but yeah, Greg Swan... Um, well, he he ended up cracking his ankle. He broke his ankle, and then asked people to 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 put stories in on Facebook about how he <laughs> how he did it. And so some of them are really funny. Of course, I added one that he he was wearing spiked heels and was struggling to put on his new Spanx when his wife and kids were gone and I didn't, cracked I didn't, his ankle. I didn't realize he was uh, he cracked his ankle. When did when did I miss this? Uh, I, it just I just saw it on Facebook just yesterday. Oh. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, at any rate, he's, yeah, he's, he's, uh, I forget what his title is at Space 150, but he, he's the guy that is way out there with respect to uh, testing new technologies and really embracing yep. things to figure out, you know, is there something here that we can really capitalize on with our clients? Mm-hmm. And, but well, uh, he is VP of emerging technology. That's there. what it's, t- okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah, it's like PR and emerging technology, something yeah. like that. Wow. Anywho. Yep, I think it's a fad. It is all very much so, but I don't. Know, I don't think they look any goofier than the Google Glass did to you. Oh yeah, I thought I that was they a look, fad as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I thought Google Glass looked a little cooler than. Snapchat well, Google Glass, there, there's there's more of a benefit to Google Glass than there is to these. These, these are just you know, you know, just to have fun and right, 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 to right. Create, create content to create send to people. App stories, yes, exactly. Yeah. To make to make them laugh. That's it. Admit. Or, yeah. or it's not like crying. augmenting reality around you. But. That's true. Okay. What is not a fad, though, is Cyber Monday, apparently. Yeah, well, wow, yeah. yeah. Twin yeah. Cities Business had this story about, um, for, for those who are tracking retail and cyber um, selling e-commerce. That um, would be Tim. That, that would be Well, Tim. yeah, and, and I do, too, just because I've got clients in, in, the, in the e-commerce business. And, and also, we obviously sell uh, uh, in one of our businesses everything online. But um, uh, about $3.45 billion was spent across the country just on Cyber Monday. Yep. The largest I think this amount. is the tipping point. Yep. And tipping Minnesota's, Minnesotans spent uh, estimated $250 million on Cyber Monday. I, I don't know how they actually track that other than they location. must get reports back location based on uh, yeah. on shipping or credit card use. Well, it's location based on uh, it's Adobe, and they're using their stats from their uh, online um, uh, stats package, which is used by most uh, big e-commerce people. Really, it's sort of it's sort okay. of like yeah, it's the Adobe it's their Digital Insights. Of, yeah, yeah, it's their version of um, uh, of the Google. Uh, what is it? Um, 
uh, analytics. And people don't like Google Analytics because, especially if you're Amazon or you know any of the big retailers. Because you don't because want them to know. You're, yeah, you're giving them too much information. Right. right. So, so Adobe has really carved out a, a, a nice niche. So they've got lots of interesting information, and then they, they release these tidbits about it. And it's not surprising because a callback to a story a few weeks ago, uh, we do use the internet a lot here in Minnesota. Yes, this is true. You know, we're yes. one of the, we are the top uh, internet connected uh, place. So. Well, and one of the one of the shifts that I saw this year, this is just on a uh, kind of an anecdotal basis, but one of the shifts that I saw this year um, personally was the the sheer volume of companies that were positioning Cyber Monday as Cyber Week. Yeah. And so they were sending emails well, still, every day. It's or, still on. Yeah. In the tech right. uh, sector, like Micro Center and, and Newegg, those guys, Bingo, they've, been same, doing, yeah. they've been doing deals for two weeks now. Yeah. But, I, but I'm getting stuff from, from Guitar Center of all places because I've purchased things there um, that it was Cyber Monday. And then the, Tuesday, you get the email, Cyber Monday has been extended. We've decided to do it the entire week. You know, and yada, I'm still, yada, I'm yada. still hearing Black Friday deals going on. It's like, uh, that's kind of over, guys. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think it's pretty encouraging because it's it's um, what I found really fascinating was a discussion I had with my daughter about how she buys even consumables through Amazon, yeah, uh, and and other places. And then of course I get I get yelled at by my wife, um, not yelled at. She speaks to me sternly when I told, tell her that I purchased something, and she goes, "Did you go through the Ebates gateway?" <laughs> And I go, well, yeah, but yeah. I already have an account there. She goes, it doesn't matter. If you go through the Ebates gateway, we'll say you know, we'll get another 1% or 2% or whatever. And, you know, I always kind of roll my eyes on this. And then at the end of the year, she'll it, say, it adds up. Here's, here's the $180 check that I just got from Ebates. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. Okay. I'll shut up now. <clears throat> so, mm. yeah. No, she, I think well, this she, is the tipping, the tipping point that I think you're we're, right. we're going to see. Um, you know, mobile commerce really come on. And, and that's the that's the story that you'll be hearing over the next couple of years is that most people during, you know, these peak shopping periods will be using their mobile device, whether it be a tablet or a smartphone, to do their shopping. Yep. Yep, no question. So not, not good news if you're brick and mortar. Well, yeah, but you can extend. I mean, I will tell you that one of, one of, yeah. the, one of the things, if you look at the sheer size of the Amazon uh, distribution center in Shakopee, I think it's Shakopee or it's Savage, one of the two. It's Shakopee. 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 Um, If you look at the size of that facility, um, I mean, if I was a retailer that had a lot of stores in Minnesota or even the surrounding states, I'd be quite nervous about same-day delivery. But if you've got brick and mortar, just extending it to in-store pickup um, uh, to really make that a seamless process um, you're going to be able to say, well, okay, now people can come in and shop, and if they want to buy it, they can buy it, pick it up right then. Yep. Um, or, or they can buy it and go drive over to the store. They can find out what store actually has it in stock and then go get it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's... Yeah, Micro Center's doing a good job of, of that exact thing, and it, 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 I'm buying some computer parts right now, and I like to compare specs. So I'm comparing it with Amazon and, and um, uh, Newegg. Yeah. And, you know, Micro Center's prices are competitive, if not lower. And I can do the, you know, comparison online and then just go and pick it up. Yep. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Wave of the future. Well, we've already talked. Uh, we've got a bunch of other tech stories to talk about. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, one of them 
that I found really fascinating. I don't know who put this in here, but that Silicon Valley has an empathy vacuum. Yeah, did you? The New Yorker all of a sudden started writing a couple. Had done a couple articles last week on the tech community or tech business, and one of them was this this piece about um, the you know basically uh, Silicon Valley not really having any any uh, well empathy, I guess for for what happens when technology takes over, you know, w- whether it's on social, whether it replaces jobs and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Well, well it's Malik who's, who's, you know, yeah. a Silicon Valley insider. Yep. And I think he really puts his finger on the pulse here where, you know, the Silicon Valley folks are living inside their own little world and they were shocked and, and saddened when Donald Trump s- somehow won yeah. Uh, yeah. against all the odds. And they're, you know, and then, then it gets into how they don't have empathy empathy for the people in the Rust Belt that voted Trump in because they're coming up with these disruptive uh, technologies that are replacing jobs or moving moving jobs offshore. Well, let me you let know. me just read a one paragraph out of here. I'm sorry to do this, but for everyone listening, um, this is the one paragraph out of this entire story that just slapped me in the face, and I went, "Whoa!" Um, he writes, Om Malik writes, Otto. A Bay Area startup that was recently acquired by Uber wants to automate trucking, and they recently wrapped up a 120-mile driverless delivery of 50,000 cans of beer between Fort Collins and Colorado Springs. From a technological standpoint, it was a jaw-dropping achievement, accompanied by predictions of improved highway safety. From the point of view of a truck driver with a mortgage and a kid in college, it was a devastating, oh shit, moment. Exactly. That one technical breakthrough puts nearly 2 million long-haul trucking jobs at risk. I know. That's exactly and, right. And it's not just the trucking jobs. It says, that, you know, he said that truck driving is one of the few decent-paying jobs that doesn't require a college diploma. Eliminating the need for truck drivers doesn't just affect those millions of drivers. Right. It has a ripple effect on ancillary services like gas stations, motels, and retail outlets. An entire ecosystem could break down. Well, we've been yep. talking. We've talked about this before on the podcast. I know I've brought it up, and I think I, I I mentioned the same thing about the trucking when we were talking about the driverless trucking. It was like, yeah, that's great, but well, what are all these truck drivers going to do for a living? And uh, you know, yeah, that's the that's the one thing that we we talk we've talked about it when when just in the evolution of technology, we talk about it when Amazon comes to town and they're they're hiring for people to come to and and develop and design ways to replace human touch in in you know in in the process of fulfillment uh from from amazon so i mean if you look at if you if you went to that i think you know i went to that big kickoff from amazon and it was like here's what's happening in our in our warehouses now and our fulfillment centers and there's all these robots running around and there's like three guys standing around watching these robots work it's like well okay wait a minute that's really cool but there's no, we're not generating any jobs. We're not, you know, we're not providing, uh, you know, jobs on a large scale. So, but you know, but, but let me, let me just throw back out. I know I've said this once before, but my great, or my great, my grandfather worked for the great Northern railroad for 44 years. He was a, a electrician. He fixed signals on the side of tracks and things. And, um, uh, when the container came in, in fact, there's a great book called The Box That Changed the World you guys should read. Um, but before the container came out and trucks started to drive these containers from place to place, you had to build your building for your manufacturing facility next to a rail line. 
or next to a spur so that you could get deliveries of of major parts and so on. Mm -hmm. But after the truck came in and the container happened, when the interstate highway system was complete, all of a sudden you could build your building anywhere you wanted because the trucks could come to you. I mean, it's just like the internet, you know, instead of a circuit switch network, which was really, really inefficient. Now a voice over IP network, the packets can go anywhere. Right. And so um, you can just connect up to the internet anywhere and you can, you can have voice. You don't have to have a dedicated line. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's the same thing. And I, I never ever remember reading anything, even in historical documents, about about uh, you know the container industry and the, and the shipping industry having any empathy or the lack of empathy for people that worked on the railroad. It was just like, hey, that's just the way it is. Get over it. Yep. Well, um, it's the same with the buggy whip when the the car came out. Yeah. You know the, the the people that made carriages and took care of horses and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that well, whole industry kind of went away. And the yeah. same thing if you keep going back, the guys that lit the street lights, you know, and electric lights came out. Well, those those jobs are gone. Yeah. The yeah, only so difference is the only difference is is that um, the transition period in the case of the truck and the trains uh, took arguably a decade and a half. So over a 15-year period is, is how long it took really for that all to play out. The difference with technology, especially Internet-based disruption, is the fact that that can happen in a year. Mm -hmm. well, and so I think everyone's having a really hard time transitioning and, and, and learning new skills, and, and the jobs aren't there, – there, there are not more jobs being created. And so there's, a, there's kind of a double-edged sword. On the one hand, everything's getting disrupted, and on the other – um uh nothing is being created that's that's causing jobs to be created really so yep well one of the other things that that Om does point out but he doesn't uh burnish the the point is that uh, fewer people uh are making the money now uh it used to be in the days of uh, you know early HP and Intel that there was an entire you know organization very large organization and, and lots of careers now it's uh, just the the wealth is just concentrated to an elite that uh, are are basically billionaires now yeah so, yeah so that that's another problem where they can't understand they live in this bubble and they can't understand why people would vote in someone that they consider to be crazy uh, as president well the answer is that they're everybody except for them is getting screwed and they're right. tired of it. Right. So, or the majority are tired. Well, it's a, it's a conundrum that we face. You know, we don't, you, you don't want to curb innovation, but at the same time, you, you know, you've got to understand what the ramifications are. To that sort of well, thing. I, I think these guys are immoral though. They're, they're, you know, like Zuckerberg in particular, uh, he just wants to get the cheapest labor possible. So he's exploiting the visa programs and all sorts of stuff to drive down his price so he makes more money personally it's it, the, the morality has to come back people have to think of their fellow man and uh you know these guys just don't they get inside their own little bubble and they're they're just in competition who can have more billions of dollars personally so they can squander it on whatever philanthropy they're gonna well do. i i don't necessarily agree with that point of view tim but um the point of view that i that i do have with that is that it's not necessarily that they're trying to, um, uh, you know, give themselves personal value. They are trying to increase shareholder value. But here's the big thing, that if the middle class, if the masses don't have any extra money to spend, 
then they're not going to buy stuff. Yep. It doesn't matter how many ads are on Facebook. They're just not going to mm-hmm. click on them and buy because they don't have any money. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have a job, you don't have any money. And so that's that's the the this recursive spin that we're in right now with jobs going away and the 1%, you know, accelerating and so on and you know the 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 flow of money isn't out there for for normal humans. That that's one of the reasons, you know, people have been lauding the stock market going up after Trump got elected. Well, one of the reasons is is the the 2 trillion in spending that he wants to do on infrastructure, 1 trillion maybe. Um I have to get my facts straight here, but um, uh, it's because it'll flow money into the system, which then will drive everything. I mean, every every retailer will, you know, new houses will be built and retailers will ex- experience more growth and so forth. Um, so anyway, but speaking of. Um, well, no, wait, no, I wait a minute. Before, oh. we, before we move off this topic there, All Mr. Right. Go ahead. I, I would just, you know, if you follow the link to the New Yorker article, what's what even, you know, that ties into another piece uh, on in the sidebar, uh, the New Yorker article, it's uh, that Trump warns that companies shipping jobs overseas will be slapped with enormous bribes. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Andy, Andy Borowitz, who writes the New Yorker, Uh, writes satire for the New Yorker, is it is. Some of his stuff is great, like scientists, earth, uh, scientists, earth endangered by new strain of fact resistant humans. Yeah, Borowitz is Andy Borowitz is hilarious. But you know, but you know, you know, what's funny is when you see Sarah Palin come out and dis (laughs) dis um, Trump's carrier thing, right, about crony cat calling a crony capitalism. um, None of that stuff matters. What people are going to remember is he made a promise and he fulfilled the promise and he wasn't even president yet. Right. I mean, that that's the that's kind of the buzz I've been reading amongst the the Trumpkin faithful. Um, So anyway. Well, but I mean, you know, this seemed like the 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 worker party, which is the Democratic Party, right? The the party of the working man. Uh, They failed the working man. Yeah. And they were fine with jobs going away. Obama's done nothing to try to keep carrier and you know, and Ford and all these guys in, at least we've got somebody that's doing something to keep some jobs in this country. Uh, whether you, you know, agree with them and I'm not a supporter by any stretch, I voted for somebody else, but um, you know, mm-hmm. at least he's doing something about the issue, which before people weren't, they just didn't care. And that's yep. why you have this major shift. Right. Well, okay, so two things. Um, well, well, now, uh, wait a minute. Before we move uh, off that. Mr. No, no, come on, guys. Let's- Listen, Mr. <laughs> Anti-Democrat. The fact of the matter is that Obama. Hey, is- I was a card-carrying Democrat. Obama, hey, 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 this is, is not a, this is no, not a political no, no, podcast, the, the boys. The Obama administration, it, Obama is one man. Yeah. And, and the country yes. does not right, work off of one man's uh, you know, decision. The, right. House, the, the Republicans have controlled the Senate. Or the 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 Congress for a long time. Why yeah. haven't why hasn't anything been done to this point? Oh, I think it's because it's a, a Washington cabal. Both sides of the aisle are in this thing. It's okay. So you know, it's a great it's a great gig. Let's not just say Obama <laughs> hasn't done anything. The you know the fact that no, matter, but he hasn't, and the, and the, the Democratic fact, Party but, has done nothing. But Tim, the fact of the matter is, we're much better off than we were eight years ago. Much better. No, we are. No, oh we are. my God, you're kidding yeah, me. No. No, oh, yes. I'm much worse off. Much, much worse off. Well, than I was I'm sorry, ago. not me. So I, yeah, you know, no, I, I well, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, and, no, I'm, and, 
I mean, I look at my, I look, I look at my investments. I look at my, uh, you know, uh, the work. I look at uh, the 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 cost of living. I looked at, I look at all of these things, and I think, what, you know, what what sucks so bad in this country? Tell me what sucks so bad. It sucks so bad when you're past fifty. You're you're eminently qualified to do all sorts of stuff. You're willing to work for what you made twenty years ago, and people don't return your phone calls. I understand that's, that that's, frustration. That, I understand that, frustration. but that's been around for years, hundreds of okay. years. Okay, I'm going to stop this, young men. Young men, stop. Let's instead talk about uh, encryption for a moment. <laughs> oh, um, that's much much more fun. Yeah, it is. Well, it's technology. Oh, it's technology. Back to technology. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, one of the one of the bloggers that I follow, uh, uh, a uh, award winning computer and security guy, uh, Graham Cluley. And I love his last name, Cluley, because he is very clued in. Um, and he but spells his, his name, his, his first name wrong. You know, yeah. we, we all know that Graham is spelled with an E. Yeah, right. Yeah, two E's. Not an H. Two um, E's, yeah. Uh, he wrote a post called, In a World Where Donald Trump is President, Encryption is Becoming More Popular. And I wanted to bring this up because uh, uh, the tagline is, Signal records a 400% increase in growth since Trump's election win. And Signal, of course, is uh, for those listening, is is the app that is the secure messaging app, and you can also make voice calls over it. Well, here's mm-hmm. the kicker: there are two people that I um, interact with. One guy's retired in Greece, and the other guy lives in New Zealand. Both of them have said to me, "Don't email me over this email anymore, and don't text me anymore. Let's use or with." you know, just regular text med, SMS messaging, uh, please use Signal going forward. Wow. And so they've deleted their Skype accounts. They're not using Skype. And these are people that don't even live in this country. And it's because of the law in uh, the UK now, which, um, you know, uh, is grabbing all internet. ISPs have to keep all your internet search history and so forth. And and uh, the, the mass surveillance stuff is accelerating. And the belief is it's only going to, you know, increase dramatically under Trump. And so they, they basically said to me, uh, don't, we're not going to talk to you anymore over any insecure channels. Well, like, so my question is, is why weren't every, why wasn't everyone outraged, uh, you know, seven, seven, six, seven years ago? Because people don't this whole get surveillance it. state has, has, extra, has expanded dramatically under Obama. I mean, it started with yeah. George W. Bush. And You're he just absolutely right. Yep. He greatly expanded. Now everyone's freaking out because, oh, God, Donald Trump's president are going to be president. Yeah, it's becoming like, more this real. This whole thing happened. Just be consistent. This is a bad thing. You know, it's it's it, it's bad for liberty. And right. we should be consistent and call it out. Obama's bad. George W. Bush is bad. Who knows what Trump's going to do? For all we know, he could go in the other direction. Who who knows? He yeah. doesn't probably even know. Right, right, right. <laughs> he seems to make up crap as he goes along. Yeah, and then tweets it. Okay. That's right. I would like to bring up something that, Tim, I would love your perspective because you're Android boy on this podcast. That's right. And, and, um, and doubling boy. down on Android. Doubling so down. there was an um, uh, uh, article about more than one million Google accounts were breached by Gooligan. And as soon as I saw Gooligan, I thought... Oh boy, is a skipper Marianne the professor? Are they all coming back? And no, that was not. That was Gilligan. Um, and so, tell us about Gooligan. And tell us and about do you Gooligan. Think it's, there, do you think? Do you think it's a bad thing? Do you think it's real? Do you think it's? 
Did Obama invent it? Yeah. <laughs> so what Obama is cool again? Do with cool again? Uh, it's uh, it's basically malware that's injected into third party app stores. Okay. So it, it, so if so you're not the Google Android, Play Store. Yeah, if you're an Android user. Um, just get crap in the Google Play Store. They've got everything, right? That you d- and, you and don't root your phone unless you really know what you're doing. Yep. So, so basically, you know, if you root your phone, um, you have special privileges, and this malware on a rooted phone actually can get super user privileges and uh, and own the phone very very quickly. So. Yes, this is a problem. Uh, is it a problem for a lot of people? I don't think so because most people just stay in the Google Play Store, or if they have an Amazon device, uh, they they're the Amazon App Store, which is also an Android App Store. If, as long as you stay in these official app stores, uh, they do a good job of policing uh, any kind of malware. And uh, you know, it's it's very doubtful that most people, most users, will have a problem with this. Right. Well, and that's one it of the reasons. Though- Go ahead. I mean, it does point out one issue, which is a, a real bugaboo for Android in particular, which is not for iOS, which is that this targets old versions of Android, Android 4, which is Jelly Bean and KitKat, and 5, which is Lollipop. Um, the phone that I just uh, used for the last two years was stuck on KitKat, and I just uh, the other day got a new phone, which is on uh, oh, Marshmallow. You What'd you get? What'd you get? I got another big, obnoxious phone. It's made by LG. Okay. It's a uh, it's a like a five point uh, seven inch phone. It's a it's one of the, it's a, like a Galaxy Note clone made by LG. It's a little it's super cheap, but it's a little plasticky. But it's good that I got the the, the latest shipping version of of Android uh, on it, and I think I'm going to get NuGet when that uh, gets approved. Now, is that uh, something you can update yourself? Can you do up uh, OS updates? You can if you root your phone, and there's a you know there's a huge uh, uh, community that's you know that the extend the life of your Android phone doing that. Okay. But most people don't do that, and I didn't do it on my previous phone because it was they didn't have a good root uh, uh, method, uh, and I didn't want to you know brick my phone. Yeah, right. But this is a big problem, and Google's got to do something, and I don't know if they can really do anything. Um, except sell their own phone like they're doing with the Pixel, because that is one thing that that Apple does have as a huge advantage, which is they do abandon devices, but it's after years. I mean, they just uh, dropped what the uh, the iPhone 4s, I think, just just you know this last year, right? And they're still supporting fives right, with uh, right. the latest version of the operating system, which is crazy, but. Well, another another story in Google News actually was on TechCrunch that uh, Google. I saw it there on their. I follow their official blog, but the TechCrunch article is really good. And Google launched App Maker this past this, week. This is where Phil rolls his eyes. Well, yeah, yeah. but but again, it's not <laughs> okay. So it, it's really a, uh, um, it's essentially a drag and drop app building um, product. And if you've ever built a Google site in Google yeah. Apps. Uh, or Google Suite, G Suite. Um, it, it's it's about as sophisticated as that. I mean, you're not going to spend a lot of time on the user interface and you know those sorts of things. But in terms of functionality, you can drag and drop things and and connect up with different services and so forth. And um, uh, so I've requested a beta. I haven't actually seen this yet, but I watched a guy's video uh, where he was actually using it. He showed how to use it, and 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 you know it's it. 
it's pretty trivial and simple. And and if anyone's used Zapier uh, and built Zaps to connect things together and so on, I mean, it's uh, you know it works, but sometimes things break and and you've got to be very careful about how you put things together. And at least AppMaker, which is running on Google's infrastructure, will do that sort of connections. And it's really really for web apps um and building that but i thought this is a huge boon to businesses especially small to mid-sized businesses because someone who is an astute business user that understands process can now build a web-based app um and and uh you know just just primarily for internal use uh i thought this is a big deal mm-hmm. Yeah, I so, think it is. It has potential. It does. doesn't have potential to uh, to knock uh, you know native ads out of the market, but it has potential for just like you said, small to medium sized businesses that need internal apps, and uh, you know now spending ten or fifteen thousand dollars to have them written may not be uh, you know affordable for them. But Bingo. if they could spend a few hours and come up with something that works, I think this is great and it looks like this google cloud which i've never heard of before is pretty cheap too it starts at five dollars per user per month right so pretty amazing well it's something to keep an eye on well and in the oh my god this even scared steve department um ars technica uh published an article about the usb killer which you can buy for 50 bucks that lets you easily fry almost every device and that those devices include laptops, desktops, smartphones, consoles, even cars, where you just plug this memory stick in, this thumb drive, and uh, and it'll automatically boot up, and boom, it'll just fry. So why the would you want to do this? I don't. I don't understand. Well, why would you create this? I don't even know. Yeah, I, no. this. Yeah, it just seems like. What's the deal here? Well. I was trying to figure that out too, because why would you want to kill somebody's device? I could see a thumb drive for 50 bucks that you'd plug in and it would uh, recognize it as a keyboard. And now you've got root access to the device Yeah, I, that, that, yeah. that I could see, cause that would be a hacking device, but why would you want to, well, maybe it's the people that compete with the USB uh, ports. So they want to, they want to push their own port, <laughs> right? So they want to just, create fear in everyone that if you have usb you're unsafe because there's these 50 dollar usb killers out there yeah well there's also they also did an article about a google engineer that found a usb type c cable that's so bad it fried his chromebook pixel and that's <laughs> that's just it's just was cr- crappy product hey don't buy cheap uh cords people that's right that's Come right on. if you want to save money don't buy them off amazon except amazon basics are pretty good yeah but Go, go to mono price if you want to save money yep yeah they do it and if right. you're if you're like phil and you're made of money just buy the damn 40 dollar apple true. cables at, at full That's retail right. yeah i'm full at retail. full retail price. don't even take their discount phil this i know i don't pay I them don't. for it what are these what are these discount codes you speak of really <laughs> yeah what is this ebates thing well my brother-in-law my brother-in-law was always called full price dave and and the whole family, really? yeah, the whole family teases the heck out of the guy about being full price Dave. And um, and Michelle, at one point, this is like ten years ago, she looked at me and she goes, "I think we're going to have to start calling you full price Steve." 
And I'm like, no, 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 come on. I, I buy sometimes on bargains. But then I'd go to the grocery store for her and I'd come back and she goes, did you use the coupons? And it would be one of those head slap moments where it's like, I forgot. <laughs> so she would like never forget. Anyway, speaking of saving money, I and, was really and intrigued. Where, and where are we? Oh, yeah. Yes, I are. was. Uh, AT&T's DirecTV, now streaming service, uh, TV yep. service launched this past week. $35 a month and our resident television expert and subscription expert Tim Elliott Tim <laughs> what do you think about this new service well I signed up for it because oh, I keep did. track of these things because I, I I do business in this space so I have to keep track on competitors yep. and what's going on in the court cutting arena and you know I, I tested um, the uh, sling TV service uh I think it was was it it was earlier this this past year, and it had matured and it's usable and it's okay and it's particularly for you know device use if you're using it on a tablet or a phone it it's actually usually it's pretty good, um, but I wasn't super impressed with it. Direct TV now I signed up for it got their free seven day trial put it on my Apple TV which they launched with um, as one of their companion devices, and the first day. It was kind of choppy and yeah, it was a little yeah, I read you know, that, yeah. unusable, whatever, especially at night. So kind of abandoned it and said, well, they've got a ways to go. But since then, I've been using it. And every night I go prime time and I switch over to it. And the thing works really good. And the, uh, the interface is easy to figure out. So, so I need to, to retest Sling as well to see how far they've come. But this is, this is pretty compelling stuff. Especially well, for thirty five dollars a month. Well, and what I was blown away by is uh, it also lets um, uh, you watch these programs anywhere you connect up to the internet. So if you got a yeah. tablet and you wanna you wanna go and run it, you can. They only give you two streams though, so that, that there is sort of a catch. You only get two streams, but, yeah, uh, but for most but people, again, it's thirty five dollars. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. For and 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 depending on demand, they'll probably do what. Uh, Netflix did, which is you just pay a little more and you can have multiple streams. You can have, you know, two yeah. more streams or you can have a family plan where you can have up to six devices playing all at once or, you know, whatever. Yep. Um, yep. I was really but, intrigued by this. CBS is missing off of it uh, for yeah. now. They have their own service though. It's five ninety nine a month. Right. They still so offer. CBS is not going to be on anything. They're going to, they're going to force you to go into their, their own app, uh, you know, Right. And I'm going to subscribe when the new Star Trek series starts up next, uh, early next year. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Just, just to watch Star Trek. Yeah, so I think I'm going to have to do that too. So that Star new, Trek is worth $5.99 a month. So the new <laughs> TiVo Bolt, um, will this record off of DirecTV? Uh, no. So DirecTV has announced, uh, the DirecTV Now has announced yeah. that they're going to have a cloud DVR service, but they it's going to be sometime next year. At the same time, Sling just announced that they're in beta with their own cloud DVR service now. Interesting. So, okay. so this space is going to heat up. The The new TiVo Bolt is a weird product, I think. It's... They're all, they're, I, don't, I don't know who it's really for. I guess it's for the diehards like Steve, you and I, who have been on the TiVo train for you know over 10 years now, almost right. 15 years. And we're kind of those diehards because the interface is great and our wives love it. Um, but uh, it's all going to the web, and, and, and I fear that TiVo may not be able to, uh, to keep up it, once it goes to the web. I think that the Bolt is their last device. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. Well, and it kind of bothers me to 
to pay, uh, I think we're paying 70 bucks a month total with taxes and everything for cable, plus another nineteen ninety five a month for the TiVo subscription. Yeah. Um, it, well, you, you can know. you can pay a one-time fee. Yeah. And, and, and get a lifetime. Right. Well, I should have done that at the beginning. Which, and, which is worth doing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, Mr. Phil. Yes. You at one point had a Fitbit, did you not? You oh didn't. yes, I did. Yes, I did. I, yeah. I, I think I wanted it so at, uh, at and you, some and you, event we were at. Yeah, and you had or you still have a Pebble watch. Yes, I do. So this article about Fitbit buying troubled smartwatch maker Pebble for around forty million does this matter to you? Not really. No. Do you think it's going to mean anything? Bummer. This is a bummer. Why is it a bummer? Because I just got a Pebble, which I'm going to talk about in my cool thing of the week. Yeah. So that's all right. It'll still be there. No, they're going to kill it. A Fitbit's going to kill it. So it's it's a bummer. Uh, I'm sorry. And I just I just sold my Fitbit too, which is kind of but, funny because I but, I wore both of them for a long time. But Pebble was troubled. It says right here in the article. Yeah, I know. Troubled. But I think they're, they're I a think troubled they're, smartwatch maker. I think they're they're they've come up with really good products. They've finally. got great products. They've got great products. Huh. They really do. Yeah, but they just ran out of runway. They ran out of runway, and it's okay. You know, it's no, it's bad. Bad, 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 bad. It's a bummer. Well, in the last big development this past week, something that uh, enthused my entire family, my wife, who travels about 120,000 miles a year by air, Mm -hmm. was the one who was most excited. But now you can download, not all, but a lot, of Netflix videos to your phone or your tablet without uh, destroying your data plan as well. Um, So no um, streaming. Yeah, right. so on an airplane, it will, right. it will right. work without Wi-Fi. Yeah. Right, and and uh, so it's finally. It's, yeah, I know, but um, I also Did you discovered. Wait long enough, Netflix. Come on. Well, yeah. and what sort of got lost in this whole discussion was the fact that Amazon Prime has had this since early September, where yeah. you can download many of the Every, and everybody else. So Vudu has it and has yeah. had it for years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and of course, uh, you know, iTunes uh, the 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 great grandfather of all this stuff. They've had it nearly since the beginning. Right. You know? Well, and my wife and I are binge watching um, a person of interest and we're in season five now. And, um, and so oh, that she, documentary is a documentary, right? No, no, it's about how the, the, these guys surveil everybody and you're right, right, right. <laughs> it's, it's just kind of a fun show. It's kind of jumped the shark, but it's still, we're going to finish it. But, um, uh, she says, now don't watch anymore while I'm gone. Cause she's going on a back to back trip. She'll be gone for like eight days. And, um, and now we, she can download shows cause she has plenty yeah. of space on her tablet. And, um, and I said, well, why don't you download some and just tell me what you're watching. And when you're done, then I'll, you know, then tell me and I'll watch them. Then we can be caught up. So. Wow. Great. Yeah. Fun, fun event or fun event, fun. Uh, uh, well, finally, Netflix has joined the 21st century. Yes. Yep. Yes. Well, I we still, have, I'm still very, I'm still very curious where all the good movies go. Uh, Cause I, you know, I've got all of these services and Netflix and Hulu and, and Apple TV and where do all the good movies go? Cause I can never find those. You know, once they leave the theater, where do they go? They're yeah, never on the uh, services. You, you can rent them. You can buy them, you know. Yeah. yeah. You can buy them on Blu-ray, whatever. But yeah, you I mean, you have to buy the physical. I uh, rent a lot. I rent a lot, uh, especially yeah. With, yeah. online. Yeah, I, there's various online services, and I, I follow either the free deals like 
T-Mobile gives me a, a movie rental almost every week now. So um, I take advantage of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah. even if you have to yeah. pay for them, they're like $4, $5, yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> they're right? they're, 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 like they're hard right copy. You can't stream them, right? Yeah, no, no. It is streamable. streamable. I, I buy a lot on, on iTunes, so you can mm-hmm. stream them or you can download them if you have an Apple tablet. Well, and then, and then if you have HBO Go, uh, there's free movies there. Yeah, but have uh, you right. seen the choice of movies? Yeah, but they're on HBO. I, know, Go. I, I agree I with know. you. Fair shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're dropping. We're dropping Hulu because we, we hardly ever watch it anymore. And I used to watch the Criterion Collection there, but that's going away. Yeah. So, so now there's not a good reason to to buy it. So I went there to to uh, cancel the other day, and they said, "Oh, wait a minute. First, we'll make it cheaper." I'm like, "Nope." And then they're like, we'll give you a free month. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, okay, I'll take the free month. Interesting. But it's going to be canceled. Well, let's switch to our cool thing of the week. And let's start with you, Tim, because you sort of uh, dissed your own, know, your own I selection. So, so I know it's, I've it's given, still a, I've it's still a cool thing. Yeah. I've given Phil shit for his pebble for years now. And, but I've been a secret pebble admirer for, for a long time and earlier this summer i bought one for 20 bucks on ebay and the, the my justification was i wanted to see well first of all my my rolex bit the dust so it has to be fixed and it's going to cost several hundred dollars to do it so now it's sitting in a safe at the bank um so i needed a timepiece and i used my fitbit as that timepiece and it, it's okay and it and it uh, it had notifications but they're you know kind of hard to read and it's a small screen etc i like the idea of notifications not the implementation on the fitbit right so i was i i was going to wear a you know device anyway so i thought well let me try the pebble we had a three-week trip uh, earlier in the summer and i was going to be doing a lot of driving and i wanted to be able to stay up on email and other stuff while we're doing it so 20 bucks seemed like a good deal and i got the old version of the pebble and since then, I've been wearing it every day, and I really liked it. And just this past Black Friday, I picked up a Pebble 2 SE, which is exactly like the old Pebble, except it's about 300 times better. Um, it has the health integration, so it replaces your step tracker and sleep tracker, i.e. Fitbit, which I sold. Um, it gives you all the stuff that the original did um, last for a week on on a charge, which is, I think, great. Um, and all around, uh, the ecosystem is very mature and there's lots of apps that do crazy things and it's um, all coming to an end and it's all coming to an end, which I find very sad because I finally found a smartwatch that I think is a great value. I, I paid $69 for this at target. Hmm. Um, it is regular price 99, the SE version versus the full pebble Two. the difference is it doesn't have a heart rate monitor, which I didn't feel was I was concerned about it for two reasons. One is that I had heard that uh, the Pebble implementation wasn't great and the um, the data was kind of suspect. And two, I was worried about the battery life implications of mm-hmm. running a heart, heart rate sensor. And I know I could turn it off and turn it on only when I'm doing a workout, but it just seemed like more complexity and it's... It was another thirty bucks, I think. So right. I said, "Yeah, the SE is okay." And so it's, did, you, did you get that in black? Did you get that in black? Yes, I got it in black. My only <laughs> my only problem is the band, which is similar to the uh, band of the Apple Watch, the standard Sport Apple Watch. It's a yeah. 
you know, like a, uh, I don't know what it, it's almost like a rubber. It's a right? sweat maker. It's called a sweat maker. It's not <laughs> really a sweat maker, but I just don't like the feel of it. So I ordered a, a leather band, which is ooh, in the mail, ooh. which I'm going to class it up. But just Did think you order uh, that from Pebble or is that? Is, is, no, I third, third party. There's, third a, there's party. a bunch of third parties. There's a, yeah. there's a really good site out there. I'll have to put it in the show notes. Uh, it's Pebble, Pebble stuff. So, I don't know. It's Pebble something that has uh, reviews and links to all sorts of third-party um, uh, bands and watch faces and, and the like. So I found nice. it there. I ordered it. It's coming in the mail, and I'll switch it out. Yay. So Pebble 2SE, cool thing of the week. But if you're listening to this, it's, it's a bummer because it looks like Pebble will be shut down by Fitbit. So oh, I'll be going back to Fitbit at some point. Probably once this dies, it'll, it'll be it'll be a pebble. It'll just say Fitbit on it. It'll yeah. Say, uh, well, yeah. Fitbit does have their own version of a smartwatch that my son has, yeah. and he's been through like five pebbles because, or not pebbles, Fitbits because the bands just break on him. He's a runner, so he uses it, you know, quite a bit, and the brand, the bands wear out. So they ship him new stuff, and he got uh, the Blaze, I think they call it, mm-hmm. um, and it's okay. He said. He doesn't love it like I love my pebble, but anywho, Phil, he's, miss, he's what's missing your, out. What's yours, buddy? Mine's a mine's a picture, so you're gonna have. To <laughs> oh, that's what that is. Yes, okay. That is. Well, send my me cool send me a bigger version. My cool thing. Yeah, it's a picture. Is this a phone booth? What is this? <laughs> yes, it is a phone booth. It's a 1963 Western Electric phone booth that uh, I picked up over the holidays for the office. Uh, oh, we're fun! Gonna, we're going to renovate, refurb, and use it for a little uh, you know area for somebody to take private calls. Obviously, there's no phone in it because you know we carry our own. But but you um, got to get a phone just to just to make it look like it's from the Mad Men era. Actually, if we do that, then we lose the ability to open a laptop on the on the little. Uh, oh, yeah. a little desk inside. All right. so we won't do that. But it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun project. Uh, a couple of the folks at the office are helping me out and working on it, so it's a lot of fun. So fun. I just thought, I, where did you where did you find this? A press where did you find Wisconsin uh, on Craigslist. Huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you were looking for such a thing? Yeah, I was just kind of keeping my eyes open for some sort of, you know, because the, the, the problem with the open office concept, which we, you know, many companies have is uh, there's really, as and if all the conference rooms are being used, there's really no private place for you to take a phone call or something like that. Uh, so right. we always have to walk outside, you know, the, the office door and, you know, we're in the lobby or mezzanine or whatever in their building and uh i've just been looking for you know some sort of a uh way to address that and there are zillions of uh privacy booths that can be purchased through you know office furniture places but they're insanely expensive uh you know five six seven thousand dollars for a big foam rubber booth you know and it's just you know it's it was crazy so i I commend you sir kind of kept my eyes open for this so for reusing some Great piece of history here. Yes. Uh, so Which will live on in the offices of BuzzFeed. It's made, you know, it's made out of birch, uh, enameled wood, and a pretty good supply of rat poop, I'm sure. So, they, they don't uh, <laughs> like, you know, do they? Fun. Yeah, well, my, my cool thing of the week is um, not so much the thing itself, but the, the, the way I'm using it. So, uh, I run parallels, the, the virtual environment, and I've got a bunch of different operating systems that I use for testing and so forth. And, uh, one of the ones I'd had was Ubuntu Linux, which is a, uh, somewhat Mac OS 10 or Mac OS like, uh, user interface for Linux, 
Um, it's been around a long time and they just came out with version 16. And so what I did is I created a new instance. I upgraded it to version 16. Um, I loaded the Tor browser, um, and a few other things. And I've created this environment that's quarantined from my Mac. And so anything that I'm going to be doing from a research standpoint, from a, uh, you know, I need a secure environment standpoint and all that I'm going to do inside of there. And then, um, at the end of the session, I can just delete the, the instance and just, um, take a copy of it, you know, take the copy and, and, uh, and reinstall. And I've got a fresh instance. So if I do happen to get malware, you know, if I'm looking at a, at a, at a site, security site or something that uh, takes you to a malware site, uh, I'm not going to get infected. Um, and so I'm, I'm really trying to keep my Mac separate from, from it. And also I, I've done the same thing with windows. I've quarantined windows, uh, windows 10. So if anything happens with windows or windows seven or eight or these other environments I have, I'm, I'm don't have to have them, uh, you know, potentially infect my Mac. Anyway, the bottom line is, I am frankly blown away with Ubuntu. Well, one thing you might want to check out if you're, you know, because you are an interface uh, maestro, um, is Elementary OS. Their Luna interface is the closest that I've found to uh, the Mac operating system. Okay. And it's based on Ubuntu. Okay. Cool. I'll give that a shot. Elementary okay. OS. Um, Very so nice. I think, I think we're all caught up in advi- on, on, uh, events on events. Yep. And, so, um, and, uh, it's, again, it's sort of one of those, one of those times of the year that things are slow as far as events, unless you want to participate in some holiday parties, but right. things will pick up and we'll start talking about them again. And we'll chat with you next week on the men of eight gang podcast. Take care guys. Have a good week.
Down in the hole 